This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to episode 5 of the Blues Focus podcast, airing every week on YouTube, Spotify and Apple Music. I'm Kieran, your host for this episode, and with me I've got Elliot and Dan. We're going to get straight into it, lads, starting with the midweek game against Charlton, the one-all draw. We'll come to you first, Dan. What were your opinions on it this week? thought it was a bit better than what we had shown in previous games, but again, the same thing that always cost us is we don't know how to put the ball in the back of the net first recently. And then, and then just out of nowhere, I thought I thought the tempo and everything was good, and we were creating chances. And then Hogan had the penalty, and then one of the worst rebounds I've ever seen. And then I thought that could be a bit of a turning point. I was a bit nervous then, and when um, and then their goal just came so poor. But um, yeah, we went a goal down, and then Camp Camp kept us in the game. And then the last 15 minutes, we were pushing again, not really making the keeper do anything, which seems to be the story of our season. I think the keeper never has to get his gloves dirty against us. But fortunately, we just managed to nick one at the end. Yeah, absolutely. What did you think, Elliot? Uh, well, I was doing the part of this, but um, <laughs> in a better game. Uh, yeah, I think we were very lucky. And we could have been looking at a last day, a last day uh, shootout with Luton. I think if we hadn't got that goal right at the end, that's how drastic, drastic things could have got. I think for us. Um, and again, like we said earlier, the, the defending for the goal was just, just non-existent. Um, I just don't understand how uh, Harley Dean is not cutting that that ball out. He, he seems to sort of drift towards towards the goal line and then he sort of moves back out as if he's looking for a cutback but there's a player right behind him so I don't know um, there's something drastically wrong with how we're defending uh, where well, it has been like that all season so uh, um, you've got something out of it in the end Yeah I think again it's the same old wasn't it with, with Blues where we chase a game in the end, to try and to salvage something when when 
on the front foot for most of the first half, like Dan said. Hogan's rebound, I'm pretty sure my two-year-old would have put that away. You know, you just got to get over the ball from there. The keeper's on his arse still. You can't... There's no excuse for a player who was in the form he was in before the lockdown to be missing, or even not hitting the target from there. And I think as soon as we missed that penalty, it was just a sign of things to come, wasn't it? Just another lacklustre second half. Again, we... we We've got the padded stats. We had the, you know, the possession. We had more shots. But it's all well and good us seeing these numbers from Blues, but we don't do anything with them. We don't do anything when we have these numbers. There's nothing there to to justify us having 16, 17 shots, one goal to show from it in the 93rd minute, which, to be honest, was the only time Charlton looked like they defended like us. So we shouldn't have scored that. No, realistically, no, we shouldn't have scored that. And I, was, I said uh, the other week, just statistically, again, sides just like Charlton will come to our place and just say, you have all the ball, you have the possession. Because like, like we say, in front of goal, we're pretty pitiful, to be honest. Um, we just can't convert. Um, Djokovic isn't a finisher. Um, and, it, and Hogan, I don't know what's going on with Hogan, uh, started so well when he came and just haven't seen shots since, uh, since we've come back to football in the last couple of weeks. Yeah, yeah. I think, I don't know, it's, it's, Hogan's just gone right off the boil. It's, it's, you think if Hogan carried on the form, if he picked up where he left off, you'd like to think some of the chances we've had would be, we'd be safe by now because, like I say, that penalty miss, although I don't agree with Hogan not being the one to be given the penalty. I know that... Um, one of the lads in our WhatsApp group pointed out, you know, Djokovic has scored and missed, I think, at 50-50 on his four penalties he's taken for us. But to give a player a penalty is a confidence booster in a must-win game. I don't think that's the smartest thing to do. And maybe it was decided on the training pitch, but then it didn't seem like he'd been practising. He just put his foot through it. There was no sort of idea as he ran up to the ball what he was going to do. He just went for it. So, I don't and think he, there's been much practice. <laughs> and even if you've got to put your foot through it, you've got to put it down the middle, haven't you? You can't just you can't just put it at a perfect height for the keeper. Because any keeper, if they dive that way, they were going to save that penalty. Yeah. It's... I, I don't... I just... I mean, it says something when you'd say that Charlton's probably the... If we're going to stay up, that's going to be... The thing that swings it for us is Djokovic's goal. And even that performance, some players were better than previous weeks. But even then, like I say, padding the stats the way we did, nothing in it at the end of it. Nothing to show for these numbers. Again, just an abject performance, really. Personally, I didn't enjoy watching it. Even at 0-0 when on the front foot, usually most fans would think, oh, yeah, we've got to definitely get in three points today, the way we're playing so far. Yeah, you watch Blues play like that at 0-0 and you go, we're definitely going to lose this. But, yeah, I, mean, I think uh, I think just looking at the team, uh, the way it is, uh, the Fred Bear squad that we have, that... Uh, uh, been, uh, been, uh, been, uh, been, uh, 
there there's no help for the strikers from our midfield and it's been like that all season. I think the the next highest scorer after our two strikers is on four goals, which I think is Jude Bellingham. And I think then Pedersen after that. I think it, it just highlights the issues that we have. We haven't got enough uh, goal threat um, throughout the midfield. Um, and it was the same the other night. Dan Crowley's not a finisher. Bellingham's not a finisher. Uh, Gardner's definitely not a finisher. Um, Sanjic. 100% isn't a finisher. Yes, they can score the odd long-range goal, um, but if they are put, if they are in advanced positions, which they don't tend to get into that often, they're not finishing. They're not finishing any chances off. I think Dan Crowley's finishing is, is he, he's good. He's a good passer. He can definitely create, but if he's he's on the edge of the box, he's not scoring. Not scoring. Enough, and then. We followed the Charlton game up yesterday with an away defeat at Preston. Again, um, yeah, if you remember anything from it, because it weren't very memorable, what were your thoughts on it? Dan, what um, to you again? Well, we started off we, we started off looking fairly solid, but um, just a, just the same situation. Whenever we look solid. I, I almost feel even more nervous because I think, well, we haven't scored and it's going to hurt even more when we concede now because we've had a we've had a solid start, and then I'm sorry, but I don't I don't care for a centre back or a striker or anything. We, we missed a real sitter in the second half. Six yards out was it? Harley Dean headed it anywhere else it's a goal, and he headed it straight at the goalkeeper, and obviously we're waiting for. You know, we need chance lights to drop for us and we can't even score them at the minute. It's, really, it's just poor. And, uh, you know, obviously it looks likely that Wigan will get a points deduction, but until then 12 points are off the, uh, off the table, we're in a relegation battle still. And some of them chances are the reason why. And then the second we don't score, it's like our heads drop and go, we ain't going to score, let's just open up. I mean, we will touch on touch on the league table, <laughs> and obviously what we think for for Wednesday night in a couple of moments. But obviously, on the basis of the Preston game, you mentioned the Harley Dean miss, and, and I know one of the commentators on Blues TV says you want the chance falling for Djokovic from there. And to a certain extent, I want to say I disagree because Djokovic is brilliant in the air with his head. But you look at every single, pretty much every single header I think I've ever seen him score for us. It's not an easy chance. He doesn't score the easy chances. You know, you look at his looping header, Reading at home last season, his header against Forest away is one that stands out as well. No striker should be scoring them headers, and he does. But then you look at him when we put it to him in the middle of the box, unmarked. How many of them have you ever seen put away? No, yeah, puts him out of the bar, doesn't he? So, I don't think there's any player <laughs> in our squad at the minute in that position six yards out that put that in the net yesterday. Easiest chance. I don't think I'd put my money on anyone to bury that. No, no. I was. I just say. I just want to back up what Dan said. Like we start these games, we look quite organised. We look, uh, you know, everyone seems to sort of not look like they know what they're doing, and then uh, as soon as a goal goes in their heads sort of drop a little bit. I think it's just a confidence. It's a matter of confidence. There's no confidence in the side. There hasn't been any confidence in the side, I think, for a few months. And um, 
And then, as, you know, as soon as that goal goes in, I think they're just unable to... They, I don't feel like they feel feel they can get back into games. Um, uh, it's just really disappointing. Like uh, Even the defending um, in like the early stages of the first half, they're very static. You know, I think that Jaden Stockley had a chance early on. Again, it, just, it was just two simple passes, a couple of yards between the striker and the midfielder, and they were in. And, and it's ridiculous. It is literally, uh, it's, it's non-league level defending. And, and it was the same for the goal. The, the corner came in, no one's headed it out from the near post. And it's, it's literally nearly bounced. That corner would have bounced if it hadn't hit the striker's foot and gone into the net. It would have bounced. That's just things that shouldn't be happening at professional level. Um, so there's something seriously, seriously wrong. Well, it has been for a long while, so... Yeah, talking about it, I don't know if it's just me. No, I know Dan says it as well. When we look organised, it's almost when I worry more about us. So go with this. We don't. We don't keep this up for ninety minutes. We never have done ever in my in the time I remember. Definitely not this season as well. Where you know we start a game well, you always expect us. To, to lose focus and that sort of ability to to keep frustrating teams. We always let it slip at some point, full them away. It took them till the last minute, but we've still done it anyway. Um, West Brom, you know, yeah, we got the clean sheet and a point in the end, but even at the last minute, if they had that chance, didn't they, where if anyone put anything on it once from a knockdown, they'd have gone one nil up. You know, I think... <sighs> Something's wrong defensively. We don't set up right anymore. Players don't seem to know the role. They don't know what they're meant to be doing with or without the ball. All the looks of it, really. Um, yeah, I fear for us on Wednesday. I really do. But yeah, let's move on to Wednesday anyway. Um, Elliot, feeling feeling positive. <laughs> Um, ooh, how do I put this carefully? Um, well, no, um, <laughs> no, I'm not confident. I, we might be able to scrape another point if we're fortunate. Um, but again, I think we're just re- relying on other results to go our way on Wednesday, uh, like we have done since sort of football restarted. We've kind of been looking for results to go our way, and we'll be doing the same on Wednesday, I think. Yeah, definitely, Dan. Do you agree with that? Yeah, I've I said as soon as yesterday's game finished, I said, well, we're relying on other teams, aren't we? Because 13 games without a win is just shocking. And I don't see us, I don't see us ending it Wednesday. I think it'll be next season when we end it, when we've had a bit of a... Because we're just in a rut now, aren't we? We just can't get out of it. And we need we need a big change to start seeing wins again, I think. So... Who knows? Let's hope. But I th- to be honest, I think I'm focusing more on Leeds, Charlton, and Luton, Blackburn. Yeah, me too. It's it's disappointing. I know me and Dan spoke about it on the last episode, where um, you know, it, previous seasons we've been in the bottom three come the final day, and, and we know what we need to do, and we are still reliant on other results. But our players go out there with a sense of purpose and, and a bit of fight, and they know what they need to do whereas 
this year completely the opposite. And we were, I won't say comfortable, but, but you know, we should never have been, you know, at the end of the lockdown, you'd never have thought us being dragged into a relegation battle on the final day, relying on, mm. you know, not relying on ourselves as such. But yeah, here we are, and it's, it's unfounded. It, and I, I just don't see any fault from any of the players to to want to put this situation to bed and get it get it on and get it over with. I said to said to people earlier and and after the game yesterday, there's you see Preston uh, go and score, and rather than anyone try and fire them up, they just trudge off, just walk off back up to back off to kick off again. No, no communication, no fire. No one saying, talking to anyone else and saying, right, come on, we need to go and get a goal. We need a point. A point would be enough with the goal difference, I think, compared to Luton's goal difference. But there was just absolutely no fight again. And I'm sick of it, to be honest. (laughs) I am. Mm. I know know you say that, um, that, you know, we we, you know, you couldn't see it coming, but... I think, I think as soon as we were two 0 down early on to Hull, I think it was what two 0 down within the first fifteen minutes. Um, I think it was kind of at that point I kind of thought to myself, yeah, we're going to be in for a really tough sort of last day um, potentially here. And then the Huddersfield defeat on top of that, and then I, I, I just knew straight away that it was going to be it was going to end up like this. The problem is, is that. <laughs> You always assume the worst as a Blues fan. We do. We always, you know, it's, it's part and parcel of being a Blues fan, isn't it, really? You can't have anything nice. You can't expect anything good <laughs> because they'll soon prove you wrong. But just a bit of fight would be nice for once in a game. Just someone to to take charge and rather than leave it to a 17-year-old who's leaving at the end of the year. Yeah. You see from the kickoff, we give it to him and we get him to take on their old squad at the minute to try and get us up the pitch. And it's like, you can't put that responsibility on a teenager. Mm. I'll get he's your most gifted player, technically, pretty much. But it's absolutely far-fetched to think that that's what we're relying on, is Jude Bellingham to to pull some a rabbit out of the hat when you've got 11 season professional or 10 of a season professionals out on that pitch who've been there and done it with us or, you know, or in different situations, they know the game, but yet they just stand back and watch, watch us go down the swanner. I just yeah, I think it'd be the most Birmingham City thing to happen for us to go down on 50 points, wouldn't it? <laughs> Uh, no, I think we, we were the last. We were the last team to go down from the Prem for about thirty out of thirty in all, weren't we? Yeah, we were. I think did we not? Did we get close to forty points? Didn't we? And went down. Yeah. Still went down, didn't we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, again, just just following the same model it has done for the last ten years, isn't isn't it? Really, it's just oh, we've been so fortunate the last few seasons. Well, the last sort of four or five years, six years. I, I don't know how we can just keep getting this lucky. All the time. So yeah, the luck runs. The luck runs out eventually. That's a problem. Of course it does. it does. Yeah, of course it does. You can't keep yeah. flirting with relegation. No. Eventually, it's going to catch up with you, and I, I do. 
oh, I fear that this is the year that it does. Because, like I say, in previous years, we've been in a situation and we know the players have shown they know what it takes to get us out of it. Whereas this year, we've <laughs> we've literally capitulated and fell down into a relegation zone rather than, you know, we've, we've just let ourselves get dragged into it. And I think I don't see us getting out of it ourselves and we can't rely on points deductions can't because no 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 one knows what's going to happen no until then points are off the table you can't you can't think about it can you because although it's likely it's going to happen just what if they don't or they get a reduced total because they're still appealing it and although they've said it's never been won before uh I'm not. I just don't. Obviously, I'd probably think definitely if we weren't in that position we're in now. But I just don't know. There is a chance, isn't there? There isn't. It'd be. <laughs> would you put it past the EFL hate us? I know they're not the ones making the decision, but I mean, ultimately, they they can decide to put it back to next year. They could reduce the figure. They can they can do what they want with it, can't they? Really. And like Dan says, until them points are until you see them minus twelve on that board, you've got to assume that we are right in it on Wednesday night. Yeah. And and those fans might not agree with it. I think we deserve it this year. I think we really do deserve it. We've oh, got yeah, we deserve it. it, yeah. We've got away with it far too many times. And to let ourselves get put in this situation again. This is every. This is what we've been asking for. Really. Yeah, Hopefully. I agree. I think. Well, like, where do you where do you, you know, lay the blame? Where would you say you lay the blame for all of this? Like the last three or four years. Um, for me, for me, it would be like obviously, everyone knows that. Dung hasn't covered himself in glory, and it is him to get rid of like Monk as well. Like you know, getting rid of Rowett was bad enough from the ownership, but getting rid of Monk when it finally looked like we was back, you know, at least showing pride in it, the performance and fighting for the shirts, that was another mistake. And it weren't just who the sacked, uh, who the sacked, it was who they replaced with as well. So, but so it's him. But also, I can't, I can't take away from these players either. These players deserve just as much blame because you know every the last year under Monk whenever we're going oh this is a great group of players it only seems to be a great group of players when it suits them if I'm being honest now because there's been a few times and a few of the players have been there for a few managers now they're there under Cottrell I know it's important who your manager is but also surely the fans are important as well and when it's not going right for them I just don't see the fight to do it it wasn't going right from under Gary Monk for spells. We went eight without uh, a win at the start and five five losses in a row just around the points deduction. But they still kept trying. So what's different there? Yeah, I agree. <sighs> Where do I lay the blame? It's an interesting question. And <laughs> I'll try and keep it PC for the listeners. But I agree with Dan for a start off. And, and I said it before. We started filming. The club is rotten. It's poisonous from the top down. Dong and, and TTR, I don't think they've got a decision right, have they? 
since they come in. They listen. They keep saying they listen to the fans when they appointed Monk, you know, and they listen to the fans when they gave Redknapp his new contract in that summer and invested the money that ultimately lost us points, which was yeah. The less said about that, the better. But again, and Dan says it went right foot under Gary Monk and went wrong at spells. But even when it's going wrong at spells, in the eight without a victory at the start of the season last year. And then we win and win at Leeds, but we should have won 50-60% of those games, those eight games. We were the better team in all of them. Again, it's just classic blues, don't take your chances. And we get a sucker punch with a, an equaliser or a, a late winner. But the players never let it get to them. They never their heads never dropped. They had someone in that dressing room saying to them, Bro, come on, lads. Pull yourselves together, we're better than this. And Michael Morrison was there as well. Yeah, a real captain's figure. Yeah. Someone, someone who actually showed that fight of getting rid of him, or not? What did he want? A two-year contract, and we only wanted to offer him one, was it? Yeah. I'd choose Randolph. Should give him a two-year contract. And what are you messing yeah. around at? He's your starting. He's your captain. He's the first name on the team sheet every week. He must have been. He's the only one who had a bit of passion in some of those games towards the end of last year as well. What are you what are the board doing? Messing around what have you signed what have we signed that's better? What have we got that's better? You're telling me right now, or could a blues fan tell us right now that Michael Morrison wouldn't walk straight back into that lineup on Wednesday night? I'd be straight back with that any day, yeah. wouldn't it? Wouldn't it? Hundred percent. Yeah. Absolutely one hundred percent. The decisions from the, the board, TTI and Dong, have all been pointless. And you can even fast forward it right to now, the decision to give the power to Spoonering and Gardner for these last few games. There's no... Mr. Craig Gardner, Mr. Blue knows and all that. You know, this passionate Blues fan from the age of two or whatever he was... I don't see any of it. This miss, this mystery, this this fantasy story that Craig Garden is going to fight the lads up. There's been none of it. We've gone the wrong way. Continue going the wrong way. I saw him during the drinks break yesterday. Stood there with his arms folded, just watching the lads take a drink when we're losing. Say something. Fire him up. You're the blue nose. You know what it means. You're in the position where you can tell them what you're seeing from the touchline. What are they doing wrong? What can they do to improve? How can you motivate them? Right, come on, lads. This means something. We need something. Go out there and get it. Run. Be the first to every second ball. Win your flick-ons. Chase it. There was none of it. Stood there with his arms folded. If that's the point, if that's the case, don't bother. Don't turn up. You're in the position now where you've got the power to to literally manage and guide your team, your boyhood team, out of trouble, and you're not doing anything. And it, <laughs> I don't often go on rants on it, <laughs> but it just. Dan said, and I agree, should have gave it to Paul Robinson. 
to the end of the season at least. Or even if Spooner is to get him back, or even just as permanently. My Paul, the thing about Paul Robinson for me is just he should have been in Gardner's position, I think, for these last few games, but he should be in Gardner's position in general. Gardner should be in, from what I've seen this season from Gardner, the old time he sat there, arms folded, not saying a word. I don't know if he went, I don't know if he don't think it's his place to because he's not the manager, but Paul Robinson is a more. I don't know if it's because he also pally with all the players. I don't know, but you know, I think Paul Robinson would have been more of a leader. Is he scared to give his brother a telling off? So it is. <laughs> Make Christmas you know. awkward. If that's the case, he should never have took a coaching job, should he? No. I was just uh, just to make a quick, uh, just a quick um, thing. I noticed uh, was it a week or two ago? Didn't Paul Robinson do a podcast with? Um, yeah, did anyone yeah. see that? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He didn't make a comment, but didn't they make a, a slight joke about uh, the uh, sort of boardroom level? What's going on? Uh, didn't I think they made they they, they were going in the right direction under Gary Rowett, and uh, there was certain someone that uh, that made a bad decision in terms of getting rid of Rowett and sort of ruining that season. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I don't know whether that didn't go down very well. Yeah, it could. It could have been that. I mean, I remember watching it, and um, you could see that Paul. It was more definitely more David Cutcher than Paul Robinson, Mike, in the references. But you could see yeah. that. You could see that although he's almost was like refusing to agree, he wasn't really coming to the defence of the board either. So. I mean, yeah. who was it at the time? It was Panos was still in the role at the time, wasn't he? When when Rowett went, and and he got a lot of grief, yeah. got a lot of grief um, from the fans. You could, if you wanted to go that far back, you could say it goes all the way back to Rowett. But since Rowett, we have had some sort of I don't want to say shoots of recovery, which sounds ridiculous considering we've we've still been a Championship club. We should be doing much better than we have done. But we bought Gary Gary Monkey and like Dan says, you finally started to see some passion and some pride in the performance. The players wanted to play for Gary Monk. He knew how to he knew how to get a tune out of them. If we lost a game and you know, Gary Monk, when we lost if we lost a game like we did yesterday at Preston, he'd have been the first to come out in his interviews and say, I don't reckon I was in players on that pitch there. That's not what that's not what we're about. And and that got a response. You don't get that. You don't get that response from the players anymore. For interviews and and this criticism, they just seem to 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 get on with it now. They they just it's inevitable. Direct criticism, regardless, but they don't care about it anymore. Let's be honest. I think we all know we all know that the problems at boardroom level and above are transcend. They have transcended down onto. Performances on the pitch over the last few seasons, uh, we can't deny it, um, and the, and the, and the problems with our recruitment, it's just not been right at all, and and you know the managers that we've, you know, recruited as well, it's been one bad decision after another. I think we paid Harry Redknapp about one million pounds just to, just for the eight games before we sacked him. It's just crazy, crazy decisions that are being made um, at boardroom level at this club, and uh, we're going to go nowhere. As long as these decisions continually 
uh, are being made. Me and Dan said it last week, and it's right. We can't have a complete overhaul this summer. Our, our squad's too thin bare already. You know, we've, with all the players we've released and all the kids on the bench, it just goes to show the, the lack of depth in our squad. But I can tell you right now, the only player I'd want to keep is Jude Bellingham, and he's going. So for me, whereas... Before the lockdown, I was reading stories. Our oh, Pedersen could be going to Watford in the summer instead, and Sunjic is going elsewhere. And you think to yourself, "Oh God, please don't sell these. They're our best players. Why do we always sell our best players?" Whereas now, for me, you get an offer that matches the valuation. Get rid of them. They don't want to be here. If they don't want to be here, I don't want them here. Mm. Let them go. Pedersen, completely unrecognisable from the Pedersen from the start of the season. Misplacing ten-yard passes. I'm sorry, mate. We're pressing her literally in a different coloured shirt. So, are you getting it wrong? I'm going to say something controversial right now because I know a lot of people like Pedersen. I've never rated him. I never rated him last season. I've been to a few games, watched him, and he's he's not got he's not he's not he's not capable of passing. He's not a passing sort of defender. He's just a solid. He's a solid tackler. But again, lacks a little bit of pace, I think, for the top level. Very, very surprised when I saw Watford had come, well, were interested. I don't know whether they were, you know, it was 100%, but they were interested. Um, I don't rate him. I don't think he's a Premier League defender at all. I do believe that we can get more out of him at the moment, 100%, like you've just alluded to. I think we can definitely get more out of him. I think the right coach can get a lot more out of him. Um, but I think he's, I mean, he's got his good points and bad points. I think his positioning is very poor. Especially, yes. you know, defensively, he's he's very rarely in position. Um, again, isn't it? Charlton's goal, Harley D. You know, whatever fans say he was doing, he was playing an offside, trying to play an offside trap. He was trying to get that man. Pedersen didn't cover himself in glory there. Now, if he is that Premier League left back that everyone says he could be, he should he should be doing better from that. And no one expects better from Harley Dean in a sense. He's been he's been very poor all season, but Pedersen hadn't. Mm. So it's it's easy to demand more from a player that you know is capable of more. Yeah, everyone seems to keep quiet on Pedersen. Everyone's obviously got agendas against a certain player at the minute. Yeah, I'm not saying rightly or wrongly whether, you know, for example, Harley Dean is I don't really rate him. Anymore, he's, he's not. He seems to be a shadow of the player he was when we first signed him, and he had a bit of fight about him. But you've got you can't just single out one player every week and every game. If if people are making mistakes, it's across the board. It's not just Dean making all these mistakes. It's Pedersen's not in position. Colin just can't be bothered anymore. He keeps wandering off. I don't know where he's going after time because he didn't do anything up the pitch either. You know and. Harding got, should get a load a lot more slack than what I've seen for his performance at Stoke. Yes, he was out of position. A, he's not a left-sided player. He's a right-sided player. He definitely shouldn't be playing wing-back. He's a full-back at most. Sunjic, Gardner. Yeah, he scored a couple of important goals, but what else has he done? What's he contributed, really? Hogan, shocking. Absolutely shocking since the restart. That penalty miss and, and rebound just really c- compiles the misery in terms of how bad he's actually been for us. 
he doesn't seem to have an idea whenever he picks the ball up, he just turns around on the spot and plays it out to whoever's nearest to him. As if he doesn't want it, he doesn't have an idea. He doesn't think he can make a difference. But all these other players are getting away with it. And Dean doesn't. And <laughs> and then he comes out and does his interview against Stoke. And then literally has a decent-ish game against Charlton. Yeah, he makes the mistake for the goal. Doesn't, I say, doesn't get punished for it considering we get the point. Poor again yesterday against Preston. All of a sudden, everyone's back on his case. But it's not... You can't help... You're not going to help the player or make him want to improve by making him the target for every single issue we've got. Flog them all. <laughs> Flog them all. That's my opinion. You covered it quite well there. I just... I suggest uh, I'm fed up with it. I'm going to find myself a sport that's better suited to me, I think. Individual I think, um... sports... I oh, don't. I mean, I think I think if we if we somehow manage to survive on on Wednesday, just going forward, obviously, I hope there's a couple of uh, changes above management's head. But um, in terms of the manager, like, who are we thinking? If like, obviously, if we survive, I think. There's no point Blues fans are even mentioning to you and all your Kanovich no. anymore. I know we was all optimistic at the start. There's no point us mentioning them because <laughs> they're not stupid. They wouldn't go anywhere near this job. Nowhere near it. And and you do bring if you even if you do bring Cute and all your Kanovich in, their transfer targets ain't gonna want to come to us. Phone up whoever, you know you'd you can have it, say, for example, you want some of his old Fulham boys in, you know, the locks of whoever. Let's just go for a long shot and say we fork out a load of money for Johansson in midfield. Yeah. Yeah. And you phone, oh, yeah, Johansson, Bridge. I've just took over at, at um, a new club in the Championship, wanting to come in. Oh, yeah, where? Birmingham. No, you're up. You mean that club that's in a relegation battle five out of the last six years on the last day? That team that's what? Probably by the time this new season starts, what, 14 games without a win. Don't even know if the manager we've got makes the decisions himself or whether that's above his head half the time. Why would anyone with any common sense come anywhere near this club? Yeah, uh, I was at the start, I made it quite clear that Christian would have been the the dream manager for us, but... Mm. And I only seen that happening with, well, I being promised that the Bellingham money would go back into the squad. But B, I wanted to finish off this since we restarted. I just wanted to show the next manager that they had something to work with. But now it's like, whoever comes in will have a big job at A, getting the confidence and team back on side. Hopefully they do. And B, then bringing in signings because it's not it's not your normal summer break is it it's about six weeks till it gets started and I presume they'll have about two weeks off and then it's four weeks till the season starts and they've got to get straight into it and, but so for me the manager the manager at first I was a bit 50-50 on him because I know he's got a connection with the club but now I'm settled for it and I, 
I would take Lee Bowyer because I, I know one thing for certain is that we'd probably at least fight. Bowyer's your best bet. I think he's the only, he's the best choice of, of what would realistically consider because he's in the same situation with Charlton really, isn't he? You know, the, the, they're changing ownership more than I change my bloody underwear. You know, and, and they're in a real, they always have problems off the pitch at Charlton, don't they? So he's been there and done it, he's worked through that. So, you know, you can kind of put that issue to bed, so to speak. And I think we have got more money and a better squad if we can get the right tune out of them. We've got a better squad than Charlton have. So I think he'd, he'd take the job, but providing we stay in the championship anyway, because I think if we don't stay up, it's in Charlton's place. Yeah, so, yeah we wouldn't get in, would we, if we went down? And to no. be honest, even if they end up being the team that goes down, I think... I think whatever happens this season, he's done it. I know I was saying I was 50-50 about him because obviously the likes of Hutton and Yukanovic get mentioned. But you can't take away the job he's done at Charlton, can you really? He's, he's done a great job for them. He, got, he didn't even want to be a manager at first. To be honest, a year at Blues, he'll probably be thinking like that again. But, um, you know, I think he's done a great job and it would remind me of like a Gary Rowett appointment, someone who would you know, play dogged football if the board allow him to and get us fighting back up the table and hopefully getting more out of them what we thought, more out of the team than what other people have been able to. What about you anyway, Elliot? Who do you think should be manager then? Um, similar opinion. Um, I would go for Lee Bowyer or Paul Cook. I think that's the sort of situation we're in at the moment. I said a few weeks ago, I don't think we're, we're not in a position... Uh, next season to be uh, challenging uh, in sort of around the top six. So there's no point in going for a Chris Hewitt or Joe Kanovich and chucking more money at it. Um, so, yeah, I, I do believe they would be probably our two best options right now. Um ones that are... It's an interesting yeah. one with Paul Cook is if Wigan don't get the points deduction this season and it gets put back or cancelled... Would he then still want to take the Blues job? Considering how we're going to have ended this season. I know they're going to have to do a fire sale with most of their players. As far as I know, um, we're going to have got to... They're not accept, but they've got to consider any sort of money, basically, coming into the club. That's the position they're in at the moment. So if Blues were to go to Wigan and say, look, we'll give you £500,000 for your manager... They have, they're pretty much in a position where they probably will have to accept it. Um, so at the moment, at weekend, I think it's pretty much like a fire, like, you know, just a fire sale at the moment. So but, it's sports direct, uh, isn't it? Liquidation sale. Basically, so we could get, you know, could get a clearance manager, couldn't we? So that'd be all right, you know, <laughs> on the cheap. But, but Paul Cook would be good, you know, in terms of where we're at, if we do survive on Wednesday, you know, we've got to take small steps to get to where we want to get to, which is challenging again in this division. And we're not going to do it overnight, which is, you know, next season. We're going to have to get to the point where we've got to aim to finish 12th next season and away from, you know, comfortable, basically. It's just, that's the next aim. And Paul, I think someone like Paul Cook could do that. He'll come in, he'll, uh, he'll motivate players. You know, he's probably not going to be the most tactically astute manager um, we've ever had. But I think he'll come in and get results. And that's basically what we need. We just need someone to come in and get results. 
Um, we're not getting promoted next season. We need to get a team together, first of all. Um, and promoted the manager is going to ship anyway. Yeah, exactly. So, but you know, that that's that's my opinion. I think I think everyone's kind of starting to get onto the same page now. And you know, uh, you know, supporters-wise, you know, I think people are starting to actually now realise where we are, the problems we've got. You know, uh, you know, boardroom level uh, as well, and on the pitch. Um, and I starting to think, yeah, actually, I think we do need a manager that's just going to come in and steady the ship. Um, and it's not Chris Hewton, I'm afraid, because he'll come in and want to spend money. He'll want to get promoted. And we're not in that position to do that. So, um, you know, it's a rebuild job next season. It's, um, yeah, steady the ship, I'm afraid. Yeah, definitely. Well, lads, that's all we've got time for today anyway. Thank God, before any of us absolutely lose it. But we're back, <laughs> we're back next week with the last recording of the season. So hopefully we'll survival party. Yeah, the survival party. Hopefully we'll have a positive podcast next week for a change. It'd be nice, wouldn't it? But yeah, thanks, for, thanks <laughs> both for joining me anyway on this episode. Um, no trouble. No worries. Yeah. Send us your questions on the socials, Twitter and Instagram at Blues Focus Pod. Touch base with them next week. Um, yeah, have a good week, Blue Noses. Sports Social Podcast Network. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport, powered by fans.